in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, everyone, and welcome uh, to another brand new episode here of the Top 10. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost, and we are excited to bring you another show here from the Top 10. This time, we are covering the best prequels, thanks to the release of the new Matrix movie coming out. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that tentatively. I hope it's good. I hope you I hope you enjoy yourself. In the- uh, and you as well, you know? Mm. And a Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> well, I've already seen it, so I can't say any. I can't. Yeah. I, I already Mom is the my, word, friend. Yeah, yeah, Mom is the word. Can't say anything. Because um, um, we're not yeah, even allowed just, to issue reviews yet, even. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just, Keanu's bringing his projector over. So <laughs> oh, oh, he's on oh. the press tour right now. And I'm just like, dude, whenever you got the time, it's no, it's no big deal. So I think that's going to be our Christmas day. I'd like to bring the projector over if I could. And I'm like, dude, no problem, man. Whenever you want. Uh, it's like that Sandra, I think it was Sandra Bullock story where she told him she'd never had truffles. And then like a year later, he showed up to his house with champagne and truffles and just gave her to it as a gift. And then left. I believe maybe came in and had like one or two, but it was her and her friend. And they just right. showed up with him. He's like, oh, you said you never had them. Here you go. And then just kind of gave it to him and left. Wow. But that's what he. Basically, that's what I'm assuming he's going to do with the movie. Show up, have a little bit of the popcorn we make for him. And sure, then he's like, I got to sure. go. I'm like, I get it, man. You guys you got children's hospitals to go to or whatever. <laughs> You're a good person. So how long is this going to go on, by the way? This friendship? Why, well, I, I would imagine quite a long time. Well, we've, already oh, been, yeah. we've already been closed for such a long time. That <laughs> I don't see this waning anytime soon. Uh I took up stand-up class with Matt Nost, and I became great friends with him. Okay, fucking class. <laughs> There's only, I think, one that I know for sure that ever took a class that was any good. <laughs> there might have been two. I don't. I don't remember if the other dude did, but Sebastian yeah. took a class. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. The class offered by Mitzi's daughter at the Ooh, time. Oh, right. Who was a wow. she real piece of work? Mitzi's daughter? Yeah. Never done it once. Really? But she's teaching the class? Well, she passed a few years ago. But oh, yeah, she sold right. a book and she taught a class and she didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. By basically, Mitzi she was, or Mitzi's daughter? Mitzi Mitzi's Mitzi's daughter. daughter. So she's passed as well. Because I know Mitzi passed. Yeah, she's passed as well. They wow. both have passed. Okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, she would uh, give advice to people having never been on stage herself. <laughs> So it's always a good place. I know somebody else who was is teaching classes now and be like, dude, I, I wouldn't take a punchline from you, let alone <laughs> take a class. Oh, there are so many like that, dude. I mean, um, I've told you this before. I worked on that one film with that dude who was selling. He's he's like a he's a fucking uh, extra on, on the uh, dodgeball film. And he's like selling these classes, teaching people how to become successful in the business. It's like, pal. Yeah, not even remotely. Yeah, that's one of the best. You ain't got it, buddy. No, 
No, show me your show me your anything past a five and under that you've booked. Show me that, and then maybe you can teach at a certain level. I mean, I'm not saying every teacher needs to be, but a guy like this guy, oh, such a cheese ball, man, such a ham bone. I couldn't believe he was teaching. I was like, fuck, man, I should teach these classes. Except I don't have the shamelessness to try to tell people, oh, I'll, I'll tell you how to get successful as an actor. Blah blah blah. Look at my I, numerous credits. Guy in bar. Yeah, man I, I in think store. You know, if yeah. if you're t- selling, I can help you become a better actor. That right. I'm willing to buy. If right. it's the I can I can teach you how to make it in this business and be like, yeah, I've never remotely heard of you. <laughs> exactly. That's a completely different sell. Like, there's one floating around for comedy right now, and a guy's willing to give you a one-on-one tutoring. Whoa. And yeah. I'll sit down with you via Zoom or you can pay extra and we'll meet in person. You got a character you're working on? I'll help you flesh out the character, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, dude, you are god-awful on stage. <laughs> Whatever advice you give is going to be the worst advice you could possibly give a person that's new. <laughs> and it's just that it's just the idea that, oh, I can fix everything and be like, you, you can't. You can't. Um, whereas if you just told him, like, I might be able to help you string a couple extra punchlines together on this or sell a reality that's true as opposed to I can make you brilliant. Like you get the fuck out of here with that. It's <laughs> a load of shit. Hey, get the fuck out of here. Man. Yeah. It's, we're just preying upon people at oh, that yeah, point. Of course. Of course. And young people, they pray, but like this guy had all kinds of young actors in his class and I was watching them pay the money. I kept whispering to them, why are you paying this money? This guy is not going to help you. He is not. He is just filling his pocket with your money. Uh, and because he believes his bullshit, he actually thinks these tips are going to work for you. And they're not. And when you and, and, the, and the thing is, any successful crap acting teacher essentially turns their class into a cult. Because if mm. you try to leave, then it's guilt city, guilt trip city by the teacher, by the other classmates, it becomes a whole thing because the classmates themselves, because actors are naturally fucked up people from the inside out. Uh, and I'm not saying I am an actor. I know that um, is saying, well, if you leave, that means there's something wrong with my decision. True. And so you reflect back that I might've made a mistake here and I don't want that reflected back to me. So exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to buy into a narrative that you're creating for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never taken an acting class, so I can only imagine what that, oh. that atmosphere is kind of like. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, I'm sure there are some rewarding days and some interesting, fulfilling sure. Sure. aspects of it. And then there's a lot of bullshit. Yeah. That's because I mean, guess. that's what watching Barry, I, I was telling that to, Lindley, because she loves Barry, my my girlfriend, she loves Barry. And I said to her, I said, I, it's the toughest thing in the world for me to watch the scenes in the acting class because I get PTSD from having taken class, acting, sure. acting classes and I'm seeing the bullshit. And they are absolutely outing the bullshit within those acting classes from the teacher, from the fellow students, from the the overdramatic students who need to have all the attention. Like all of it is there. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is horrific to watch. It's too close to home. It's too close to home. Did you watch the Kaminsky method? No. Should I watch that? I, I, I've been on the fence about that one. Should I watch that one? It's not bad. Okay. It's not bad. Michael it, Douglas it, it, and Alan Arkin, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. 
And then in the Paul Riser later on. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it comes in the last the last season for sure. Maybe okay. it's the last two seasons or last season and a half, something. Okay. I don't know, but he's definitely in the last season. Right. Um, yeah, it's definitely enjoyable. Okay. Uh, you know, it got nominated for whatever awards because it has Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Of course. And, of course. you know, it's great to see them on screen and they look like they're having, they're enjoying themselves as they shoot this. Like they look comfortable and at ease and whatnot. Um, but yeah, there's the acting. There's a bunch of scenes in the acting classes, and uh, it's an altruistic version on some level. Wow. Where okay. The teacher's trying to help, and it's not spouting a bunch of bullshit. Uh, but at the same time, there is a very cult-like, a semi-cult-like feel to it. Yeah. I'm sure it's a way worse what you went through, and the PTSD oh. is earned. Dude. Ah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, my teacher wasn't a bad teacher. It's just that. I don't know, man. Those acting classes are just chock full of people with some weird, weird points of views. And, you know, it can be quite cutthroat, you know? Yeah. A lot of issues. Yeah. And when you go to the higher level acting classes, then it's full on cult city. You know, it's like the teacher doesn't even show up every day for the class. Like sometimes it's the teacher's assistant who teaches the class for that day because the teacher can't be bothered, not in the right mind space to teach you. It's like, oh, fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, man. Let's see. That seems ridiculous. That, that seems like what you do with the lesser. So it makes them want to be in the higher. Exactly. Exactly. Because, uh, oh, then we get, you know, yeah, unabridged. It's full on yeah. time with the teacher. But, uh, yeah, I was always told you didn't need to book it to uh, book commercials. So don't take it unless <laughs> yeah, you really it, want to take acting classes. And I was like, well, I don't. So, yeah. As I wish I, I could tell every 20 or 30 year old actor, do not try to please anyone. Anyone. You will fall into a cult mentality in whatever group you fall into and it's just and it's never ending because they need to keep you insecure and in the place of low self-esteem so you keep coming back you know um so yeah then once you realize you're in something like that you got to get out of it and create distance it's important it's important <clears throat> take that red pill take that red pill uh, but yeah, you're talking. We're talking about the Matrix. We're talking about Resurrections. We're talking about prequels. It's yep. gonna be a lot of fun to jump into some of these uh, films that we maybe have not seen for a bit um, and talk True. about them, and then see if any of how many of ours cross over. It's always curious for me when we do these lists. How many of these cross over? Well, I would imagine we're gonna have a decent amount of crossover. Oops. Yeah, you think so? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, you're bound to have. And I'm bound to have a few different ones. But yeah. if I had to guess right now, I'd say we have six in common. Ooh, strong statement. I'm going to look at my list again. <laughs> One, two, three, four. I think five, five. Okay, I'm going to settle on five, but six is my my my, my liberal estimate. My conservative you, is five. My liberal is six. Are you giving me a chance to win my $5 back? If it's not six. We don't owe each other any money. It's fine. Is it done? It's done. I, the Bears need to run the table for you to owe me $5, and that shit is not going to happen. And you guys are toast. You have to win every game left. How that's dare not going to happen. How dare you? We are not. Toast. Well, actually, by losing to the boys on the last one, yeah. we might be out. No, we're in the seventh spot right now. Yeah, but what's your record? Six and seven. 
Oh, you mean I'm out for the money? Yes. Yeah. I'm out for the money. Yeah. Yeah. Because you said uh, 12 and 5 or 11 and 6, and now you yeah. have seven losses. You're done. <laughs> and I said 7 and 10, and just like, that's not going to happen. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't owe each other any money. All right, fine. It's a, it's an even break. I mean, we can we can double down. Do you think oh, no. the Wizards are going to make the playoffs? Oh, no. uh, the way they've been playing lately? No chance, buddy. No chance. <laughs> I think everybody figured it out. They're 5 and 12 in their last 17. Not good. No. no. I think it, it was Not a nice good. little run, and then teams figured out this offense, and they're shutting it down now, man. And the whole Bradley Beal, should he stay or should he go conversation <sighs> ramps right back up. Yep. Popping right back up again. And I think for the first time ever, it makes sense for him to go. Yeah. Yeah. They're on a different timeline. There might be something here, but you can go off and do better things elsewhere. We we lost to the Kings, man. Yeah. Your last, I think it was a five-game win streak before yeah. this up and down, but mostly down skid. Uh, yeah. You beat some really good teams in that stretch. There were a couple that just like whatever, but at the same time, it's like there's some really good teams in that stretch. We beat the Grizz, the Bucks, the Cavs, who are playing well. Cavs uh, are playing awesome. Yeah, the Bucks and the Cavs. The, I think the Grizzlies were a little bit down at yeah. that time. Still, John Morant. No. And then the Hornets. So we lost to the Hornets, the Heat, the Hornets again. Can't beat the Hornets? Fuck. Hornets are decent. Lost to the Pelicans. That's beat, bad. Beat the Mavs. <laughs> That's good ish. Lost to the Spurs. That's bad. Then lost the Cavaliers, lost to the Raptors, lost to the Pacers. Fucking hell. And then got completely stomped by the Jazz. Uh, and yeah. then the Suns beat us by 20 points the other night. So yeah, it's it's not looking good. It was a nice little yeah. mirage at the beginning, but now we're sitting there at 15 and 15. What's crazy is that we're only a game behind Charlotte for second place in the in the uh, division. Miami's up there at the top at 17 and 12. But yeah. So. Yeah, you just you got to pay attention to play in game. That's where you want to land. But you never know. Perhaps this it's a very shortened season, and they just oh. go ahead and call it and go straight to playoffs, and then boom, you guys are in. So congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> Don't you try to tempt me to go down on this money? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. There are so many games. There's no way they're going to do that. Right? I mean, I'm seeing the NFL. They're moving games around. We saw, I was telling you about it, uh, you know, off mic. We were, we were noticing that the NFL is moving games around and the Premier League is talking about canceling games this weekend into January as they deal with this uh, Omicron mm-hmm. situation. Cause apparently it's blown up in England big time. Um, I just read, I think, uh, well, I know LA canceled their premiere for Cyrano. And, uh, I think some stuff is starting to happen in New York as well, where they're starting to sniff around shutdowns all over again yeah Fuck, i man. assume it's yeah. coming again you think so you think so it feels uh, that way doesn't it it does yeah it does yeah what are you gonna do <sighs> yeah i know dude this shit if people would fucking listen it's not gonna happen no it isn't you don't tell me what to do i get to kill whoever the fuck i want i know ah. and at this point they've kind of worn me down it's like i can't keep yeah, yeah, throwing logic at nonsense and the yeah. nonsense just not listening to it. So, yeah, I don't care anymore. It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I. I it's a shame. That's all. Awesome. Only madness to, that way lies for my brain. Because yeah, right, right, right. Good call. My solutions to the problem now 
aren't good solutions. <laughs> They're not nice, kind. It's no. not anything that's actionable or I would actually do. Yeah, but yeah, I'm so yeah. fed up that I'm like, well, I'm, okay, well, fuck me, fuck you. How about that? <laughs> We're in full fuck you mode. Um, and it's just like, oh, that's the, all right. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I had a dude this morning in the bagel shop. I was good. I was getting big. I got my car back from the car accident finally this morning and I went to go get bagels. So I love Brugger's bagels. I love that place. So I, I rarely get a chance to go over there. So it was right around that area. So I got a bagel and I'm sitting in the shop and I'm, and I'm, and there's five foot, five people deep, right? The line is five people deep. Mm-hmm. I'm third in line. And this guy this older white guy comes in fifth in line. And the manager, this young little Latina girl, uh, says from behind the counter, she's also working and put, you know, making the sandwiches for everybody, uh, along with two other two other. She says, "Sir, can you please put your mask above your nose? Thank you." And he goes, he adjusts it, and then he goes, "Yeah, that's fine. Uh, if I'm ordering a, a cheese bagel to go, do I have to stand in line?" And she goes, "Yes, sir. Everybody stands in line." And he said, "Well, what if I called ahead of time and ordered?" Would I still have to wait in this line? She's like, well, it's probably a 10 to 15 minute wait if you want to do that, sir. Yeah, so might as well just wait in the line. Right. But I was sitting and I'm like, this is coming from, like, how do you not fucking know as old as you are how the fuck it works in a bagel shop uh, and how it works in any shop? You don't just walk in and cut the line because your shit is to go. Everybody's shit is to go almost in a bagel shop. So this was such a weird thing to ask. And I think it was right after her. It just seemed antagonistic. Then another dude was two who was one person in front of me, one or I guess two people in front of me. He leans over and goes, What do you want, sir? I'll buy it for you. He goes, No, 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 no. It's fine. No, no, no. So I'm like, oh boy, these two, these two are probably like, you know, hardcore against the mass stuff. And then as I'm about to order, because he's two people behind me, I'm about to walk up to the counter. He just goes, ah, and then walks off. And so he didn't even order his food after making such a commotion. And he was that close to ordering his food. I, I, I don't get what the mentality is of these people walking, just, just walking around angry about this situation uh, instead of just accepting it. Yeah. It's so weird to me, man. I don't know. People are, people are strange. Yeah. That's what the you door know, said. You get stuck behind somebody at like a coffee shop and they get to the front and they're like, so what's in the coffee? And you're like, what? <laughs> What do you mean? What's in the coffee? I can't believe you're making me stand behind. Are you fucking serious? Just order coffee. So whole milk. <laughs> that comes from a cow, right? Are you this, is this fucking guy serious right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, when you've yeah. already been waiting like a 20 minute line and they're yeah. like, oh my, do you, un- where are you? Uh, where have you yeah. been? Are you Rip Van Winkle? Did you just wake up and suddenly the world has changed all around you? I think I've said this on the show years ago, but the truth is life needs fast lanes in everything. In well, if you know yeah, if precisely you know what, what you, you want, want, you go to the fast lane. If you're going to mill around, stare at the menu, ask questions, then you get in the slow lane. But the fast lane, the express lane, that's the lane for people who are like, number two, please, with a large coat. Yeah. You're TSA approved for McDonald's. <laughs> you should be able to get Just TSA approved. right, Right past. Right past. <laughs> It would be good in some places, uh, like Starbucks, <laughs> when you just want a cup of coffee or a latte yeah. or something simple. It's just like, this is what I, I want. I know exactly what I want, as opposed to, what's the seasonal latte again? How many calories does that have? <laughs> Do you use whole milk or half and half or almond milk? Oh, fucking Christ. I know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay. Anyway, we should get in before we get too deep into this. We should yeah. get into our lists here Probably. and start down down. No one wants, no one's listening to us talk about the world of social work. Uh, let's get, let's get sure they here. are. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, top 10 uh, prequel movies uh, based on, as Matt said, the Matrix Resurrection Resurrections coming out here. Whoa, I know Kung Fu. Keanu is back with Carrie Ann Moss and um, Yaya Abdul Mateen, Jonathan Groff. Uh, Jessica Henwick, um, uh, even Jada Pickett coming back as a way older Niobe. Real interesting. And Telma Hopkins is in the movie. Shout out, Telma Hopkins. Give me a break. Still doing it all these years later. If you remember, she's the best friend of Nell Carter, the late, great Nell Carter in Give Me a Break. There she is showing up in Matrix Resurrections. I lost my mind in that moment. I was like, what? Telma Hopkins in a Matrix movie? All right. Uh, but anyway, let's get into this thing. Uh, Matt, how does the show work? Uh, once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top 10 lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we've revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Where shall we start, my man? What you got at 10? At, at 10, I have Red Dragon. Ooh, nice choice. Which is not a remake of Manhunter. It no. is a reinterpretation of the source material, which is a prequel to Silence of the Lambs. I agree. It's very uh, good. Yeah, because they you and now had they recast Lecter, I would probably fight you on the classification. Fair enough. Um, but because it's different FBI agents, but Lecter yeah. is still a central figure in all of this. Yeah. Okay, well, it exists in the same universe. That's why Manhunter to me doesn't count. Yeah. Because it's a different Lecter, different so it means it's a different world entirely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's good. It's one of the few Brett Ratners I enjoy. Okay. Um, he doesn't make a lot of movies that I'm a big fan of. <laughs> There's what this, the first rush hour, although I haven't seen that in so long that I couldn't yeah. give you an honest appraisal of my opinion on it. Yeah. Uh, whereas red dragon, I've watched them the past couple of years. I actually ended up watching the opening 15 minutes or so, uh, for this show. Just, just to see like the reintroduction with well Ed Norton discovering who Lecter is. Right. The and then that little twist. The and then yeah, the yeah. FBI pulling him back in when he shows back up at the house. Right. right. Um and the slow build there. Ray Fiennes is a, a fantastic serial oh, killer. He's so good, man. Yeah. Do you see me? And he stands up and oh. it's just this big that huge tattoo across his back. In his mind, he is transforming into this next coming, a godlike creature. It's but you believe the mania? Oh yeah, from the character. Absolutely, dude. Um, yeah, it's I, it's it's really good. Is it as good as Science of the Lamps? No, no, no. But that's a really tall mountain to climb. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's almost to some degree an unfair kind of comparison in my book. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, um but it's good, and Emily Watson is good, and the and yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. That whole sequence is so. Uh, unsettling and really surprising. I mean, it's just the thing about the Bob Red Dragon, Brett Ratner. I think this is quietly maybe his best film overall artistically. Although you what, may argue Rush Hour and these other films, I would, are say, I would say Last dead. Stand. The <laughs> how dare you? The the you know just the artist, the panache, the style that he's panache. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, no. you might be right. I mean, artistically, right? Because, I mean, uh, Family Man I like. Uh, Rush Hour and Rush Hour 2 I like. Rush Hour 3, eh. Um, and then he didn't. He hasn't directed that many films, bro. It's like, well, because 
he was on the early wave of Me Too. Oh, yeah, he was. I mean, he was like pre-wave where everybody was like, dude, you know who's a scumbag? And it wasn't even a, he has the power of Harvey Weinstein. Right, right. So he didn't have the clout to, you know, basically fend off the tide. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. He doesn't. Yeah. It, All it the stories was, I heard about him, not good. Yeah, not good. I agree. Not yeah. good. I have not heard Not good. good. I mean, he's more successful as a producer than he is as a, as a director. You know? Well, you're not the face of anything as a producer. That's true. It's true. Like Hercules, Tower Heist, Rush Hour 3, Last Stand, After the Sunset, Red Dragon, Rush Hour 2, The Family Man, Rush Hour, Money Talks. That's it. Ten films. That's incredible. Since 97, only ten films. Wow. And notice the last one was Hercules. Exactly. Which was nine years ago? Okay. Seven Seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. And that movie's not good. Did I see it in the theater? Because it's got Ian McShane in it. You're goddamn right I did. <laughs> but it was terrible. It is not good. Yeah. See, there's, it's an interesting concept. Sure, 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 sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah add it to the, the the pile of other Dwayne Johnson movies that are mediocre to bad. Yeah. yeah. In my estimation. Yeah, Red Dragon, great one, though. Nice choice, man. Absolutely. The music and all of it. Just to, I think artistically, his best film. He's never done better. Um, yeah, and it takes you back into that world that you already know. Yes. Uh, in yeah. a palatable way, unlike Hannibal and Oof. what was the other one? Hannibal Rising Hannibal or Rising. something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was horrific. Yeah. Although uh, I haven't seen the TV show. A lot of people say the Mads Mickelson TV show is dancing. It's good. He's yeah. a good Hannibal. Okay. All right. I would thoroughly recommend it. Okay. Plus, it's really, for the fact that it was network television is really surprising. It feels like a Netflix show. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it doesn't go as dark as it would if it was on Netflix, but still, for a network show, it's, yeah. it pushes the bounds. It's pretty dark. Pretty it's dark. pretty, yeah, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. All right, uh, what's your nine? Uh, my nine could be one of the possibles. Okay, okay. Because I know you're a fan of the film. Yes. Which is Monsters University. It is my ten. Absolutely. All right. I love Monsters. It was between this and Puss in Boots. Okay. And I was like, for for ten. And I and, and look, my Latino heritage would make me want to choose Puss in Boots, but I've got to honor the overall medium of film and be truthful about which movie I prefer to watch when I have a chance to watch it. And Monsters University, which in my opinion, I know Matt thinks this is controversial, uh, is better than Monsters, Inc. And so for me, I had to put that. That's the, That was the deciding factor. Because I don't think Puss in Boots is better than almost any of the Shrek films, but it's a good film. I just think Monsters University is a really damn good prequel, a touching prequel, a funny prequel, um, and uh, with some good new characters into the into that yeah, world. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then some fun, um, oh, not fun, but um, thought-provoking ways that uh, um, my, uh, Billy Crystal and John Goodman, their characters come together and how they break apart and then come together again by the end of the yeah. Yeah. Great introduction to like uh, Bashemi's was yeah. Randall. Yeah, Randall. <laughs> How he was friends with Mike. Yes. Mike is the one that helped him figure out all oh, the disappearing things should be your scare tactic. Right. Uh and ends him, you know, sending him down a path. Not not really, but you know, basically not helps. Yeah. Yeah, unknowingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's a controversial opinion. I just think it's incorrect. Right. That's that's where it's not con there is no controversy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, no, I get it. <laughs> um, okay. 
<laughs> but yeah, I think it is it it definitely has it skews more towards the humor in yes. this one. Yeah. Than the first one. I think the first one has more heart to me at least. Okay. Um but all the frat party like the frat games stuff, mm-hmm. like when they're trying to chase down that pig and capture oh, the yeah. pig to impress the one frat, there's a lot of fun there, but those uh, things that if they touch them and it instantly puffs up their entire skin, yeah. <laughs> all of that. It's a whole sequence. Yeah, where they that that one like octopus like uh, one from the 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 nerd. House, oh yeah, whatever. And he gets yeah. hit, just boop, 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 and just keeps puffing up and puffing up. The fact that there's um, the Murray brother that was on Mad Men is like the dad that is part of the, the oh, fraternity yeah. group. Right, 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 right. Um, but the fact that like there's a, a you know a father in this mix when they're all college age kids and he's yeah. in his you know forties or fifties. Um, it's just a good mix overall. They find a nice balance. Yeah. Plus the character design on the headmaster of the oh, yeah. stair school or whatever is, yeah, yeah. is impeccable. Helen Mirren. Yeah. She's yeah. Great. The dragon centipede thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's spooky as shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the design overall, it's a nice, how can we make another movie in this world, but not make the same movie. Right. Right, right, right. Um, so let's take them back to when they're younger and do a nice prequel. It's a, it's a good version of that. I agree. Uh, all right. So what's your eight? My eight is the, I believe it was 2012, Ooh. The Thing. Oh, the uh, Mary Elizabeth the Mary Liz- one. Okay. Yep. Go ahead, man. Which I've I didn't know. It. I've yet to see it. So Okay. Yeah. Well, it ends with something that leads right into the next one. Ooh. And I never pieced those two together until I started doing this. There's a Wikipedia page with every listed prequels yes. yes and i saw that and i was like wait a second and then i clicked on it and read the description i'm going through and i'm like yeah yeah i remember this remember this remember this and it gets to the part and i'm like oh yeah okay <laughs> that is a that is a prequel interesting right. um you know look is it as good as the original no right is it better than people give it credit for in my opinion yeah i actually think it's pretty good yeah yeah um you know, if you're going to go in saying you need to be as good as the original, please don't do that. But if you go in to watch like a psychological horror action type yeah. of movie, same setting as the other one, different cast, different story. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's very effective. And uh, she's great in it. The, the cast overall, it's a Joel Edgerton. Uh, I need to look up the rest. Those are the two that first jump out to mind. Um, let me see. Oh, there were other people in this movie that are of note. I think so. All right, so it came out in 2011. Okay. So I thought it was 2012. So Joel Edgerton. I mean, yes and no. Adewale, uh, the Adebisi oh, from yeah. Oz. Adebisi, right, right, right. There's him. Um, let's see, Eric Christian Olsen, which is you know his face. Oh wow, hold me from um, Game of Thrones, Christopher. Hivyu, who plays um, Tormund, Giant's Bane. In Game ah, okay. He's in this, apparently. Uh, let's um, see. Who is who is Kim Bubbs? I've never heard of that before. Like, I Kim, do not know who Kim Bubbs is. Kim Bubbs. Jonathan Walker looks now. Oh, only did two movies. Oh, no, sorry. No, she's been doing TV series and all this kind of stuff. Oh, she does voiceovers. She does video games. All right, respect. Respect. But I mean, if you look at the names in the cast, it seems like they went with more of an international because an art yes. station would be international. 
Right, 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 right. I also think it's probably cheaper to get them than American actors. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to spin it in their favor, but I also agree <laughs> with that assessment. That was the first thing that came to mind. It must have been much cheaper. And then it was like, well, if you think about it, though, yeah. those stations are usually a collection of many different nations that send a couple scientists. <laughs> that's true. Which, it's the honest truth. Yeah, that's true. So if you have all, you know, Ulrich Thompson and Trond Espen Siam, it's like uh, and Jan Gunner. Royce? Royce, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Stig Henrik Hoff. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, you're gonna go a little bit. Uh <sighs> but yeah, I would say look, it, it's worth your time, especially if you like the original. Okay. I think it's a good companion piece to that. I don't it's nowhere near as good as the first one, but okay. I'd have to look it up like uh yeah, I'm gonna look it up on Rotten Tomatoes because I think they have <sighs> it lower than what I think it should be. This was one of the only full-length films the director ever did and uh his most recent one came out in 2020 called the forgotten battle and it's set in world war ii in 1944 interesting so So, on rotten tomatoes yeah 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 it's a 34 and a 42 that's rough and i genuinely think it is better than that wow okay all right is it the greatest movie ever? No. Is it enjoyable? Undoubtedly, for me at least. Okay. All right. Appreciate the honesty, man. All right. There's a, there's my number eight. What do you got? <laughs> All right. So then my number 10, I said Monsters University. My number nine is uh, Cruella. Go for it. Yeah, I really loved this movie. This was a lot of fun. Look, the only reason it isn't higher is because of recency bias and these other films I just kind of watch or appreciate more for now in retrospect, but Cruella was really well done. I liked Emma Stone a lot in the movie. I liked Emma Thompson in the movie. I dug the journey she was on. Was it maybe 10 to 15 minutes too long? Yeah, sure. But Emma Stone is was like having a blast in this movie, playing this character, giving this character levels so that when she made the turn, you understood why in a, in a real good way. And so I absolutely loved it. and paul walter hauser in this as well like i can't remember the other actor's name the british actor he was in yesterday as well but like great stuff here um overall from the movie and just i, mean, I was just surprised because i went in going ah, i don't know if this is going to be any good yeah and i was like oh is it going to be emma stone relying on her tricks and but no she absolutely brings the the thunder for this movie and uh, i hope because it did well apparently streaming and in the box office and, and i and i know they're doing a sequel so i hope it's just as good um but yeah because i'm not the biggest fan of 101 dalmatians i mean i've seen the movie two or three times in terms of animated movies yeah. uh and i never saw the glenn close one or the sequel to that one um, either but this one struck me very interesting because of the punk rock approach because of the anti-establishment uh kind of bent to it um and i think they did a really good job of mixing in some anachronistic stuff with some with some uh, timely stuff for where they've set the movie, uh, and I think it all works uh, overall by the end of the day. So yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, my hope with it because it did well is that Disney is more willing to do these types of live actions as opposed to shot for shot Lion King. Oh yeah, right. Fair enough. Yeah, which to me is like, what's the point of make that? Making one point six billion. That's the point. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. you know, I I realize Disney's. In, in my estimation, just basically turned into a cash grab only. Yeah. Especially over the past couple years. Yeah. 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 Um, and I hope it doesn't corrupt other aspects of, uh, of their world. Uh, you know, movies was would be the primary, but the parks seem to be all about 
squeezing every last dollar out of people right now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've boycotted going until they start changing some of the shit that they've changed over the past 18 months. Mm. Yeah. They're really trying to make as much money as possible. Oh, that whole yeah. genie plus system is oh, big, yeah. fuck you to everybody. <laughs> it is. It, it's gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't mind saying, Hey, it costs $7 or something to download the app to use it in. So you could use FastPass that way and sure. it's convenience factor and whatnot. Now you're plugged in every, but it's, it's gross. Um, but yeah, I would hope they just take these other IP and be like, oh, okay, what about a movie in this world? And we venture off and do an interesting idea in it as opposed to yeah the shot for shot. Right. Which congrats, Favreau. You made a wildly successful movie. One yeah. I will never see. Right. Well, I saw it. And I remember, Sitting there with Michael Vogel, and he just kept going. I'm gonna. He's an hour in. He started calling the shots before they showed up, and that was incredible. Like, well, and now we're doing this. Now we're doing this, and I was. I couldn't believe it was a shot. I didn't, you know, because I didn't study The Lion King that deeply. I just couldn't believe it was such a shot for shot remake. But Vogel got paid. He does that show the the Dweeb Friends with you. Is that what it is? (laughs) Oh, that's a reference for Topic Thunder. That's unfortunately. So you'll get that on Thursday. Enjoy that little reference on thursday so the dweeb friends <laughs> that's good that's good you got one uh-huh. I, think I gotta give you credit for that one <laughs> no problem no problem <laughs> um anyway all right so that was my nine my eight is a uh, rise of the planet of the apes the um that is a punt oh I, I i figure i know a lot of people like that a little bit more than i do uh go ahead what's your seven man uh my seven is x-men first class yeah, not on my list. Yeah, I, f- I figured it wouldn't be. You know, I knew you weren't that big a fan of it. And to me, yeah, I couldn't do like Days of Future Past and be like, well, that's not the prequel. Is the restart when they're existing in that same world? Oh, so you went the other way on it? Okay, they, see, they reestablish the world in a new way in a certain film. So that is a prequel. Look, if if that is the case, then Future Past is the no-brainer. It's my choice. Oh, okay. Is it higher up on your list then? Uh, we'll just keep it there for the sake for right now. Okay, okay. So then I say punt. If it's okay, right? Yeah, that's fine. If you're gonna, if you're I'll gonna take off first that class. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll put Days of Future Past. Fair enough. Yeah. So let me see. Uh, that would or... be a punt for me. Then I technically, but we'll just save it. What would be a punt for you technically? Uh, future past. So it's not going to be seven now for you. No, I'll reorder. Okay. Cause I mean, yeah. Cause that's my, that's up in my top five days of future past. It just made mine. Okay. For, so then you, you, we're, we're going to kibitz until you find your seven, your new seven. No, my new seven is Bumblebee. That's my seven. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. Originally my six now bumps down to seven. Gotcha. Uh, as we've said before, unfortunately, they're never going to go this direction because it didn't make $17.2 billion. <laughs> it didn't. So they're going to go back to the bayification of the series, and uh, we are the worst for it as a collective world population. Wow. Strong statements, man. That's the God's honest truth, and you Strong know it. Strong statements, dude. <laughs> do, you, do you really want to see another something akin to last night? Do you want me to hold you up the... I keep the 4Ks right here. Do you have last night? Yeah, of course I have. Last That's night. the world's most expensive coaster is what that is. <laughs> How dare you? That was a waste of fucking money. And 
manufacture like the thing of what we did to the earth to make that dvd was it worth it it was not it was not we could have shortened the lifespan of our beautiful planet overall by a fraction of a second to make that specific dvd you just spoke about it but every adam sandler film since 2000 i think very well could be the case Oh, I love these people coming after the Transformers films, and they own all the Adam Sandler films. Kiss my ass, man! Um, someone, someone was breaking my balls about the uh, on on Twitter. And breaking my balls is strong, right, but right. when I said music, there are I don't have guilty pleasures. Oh yeah, that's right. There was one of the um, yeah questions. Whereas yeah, movies. I think there are distinct guilty oh, yeah. pleasures. Sure. Whereas movie or music is just like music hits in a different way. Yeah. I tried to explain it to him. Um, Think of it like this: there are stroke victims that oh are, well, they're they're, you know, comatose until yes. you can play music, and then they'll start vibing along to the music, oh, true. and then Very some true. will start singing along because that's the one song that they remember. Whereas yeah. if you put a movie on, I've never heard of a story where somebody puts a movie on and the person starts reciting the lines of it. Oh, well, I'm just saying music operates on a different level for people, right. so guilty to me doesn't have the same association whereas with movie or t- television and movies a hundred percent i think there's, there's nothing certain- wrong with having guilty i mean i see people push back me, on me the too. term it's so ridiculous people are like you can't have guilty pleasure it should just be a pleasure why do you have to feel guilty about it can we all grow the fuck up a little bit it's okay yeah, exactly. to have guilty pleasure movies it's yeah. okay it's it's kind of the joy of having you like you yeah. feel guilty for liking it. it's kind of a joy because you know it's not a good movie but for whatever you love reason, it nonetheless yeah and you love yeah. it nonetheless it doesn't to add guilty in front of it doesn't somehow mess with you psychologically. No. And if it does, you really need to get some help. And I say that as a person and, who's gotten help. So I know what I'm talking about. But I have, you know, there are definitely those who are just like, yeah, I agree. That movie sucks, but I love it. Yeah. I fucking love it. Well, yeah. Um, Look, I know A Million Ways to Die in the West is a terrible movie by most people's standards. But I can't explain why it makes me laugh from t- from beginning to end. I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a guilty pleasure because I know... I shouldn't like it. Seth was making that for you, and you just didn't know it. Yeah, apparently. Talk about spending a lot of money on a coaster. Yeah, well, I do love the Liam Neeson story behind that, though. Oh my! What's the story? What is that? Have Have you told it before? Oh, you never you never heard the story of why he was cast in that film? Tell me this story. Ends up with a daisy in his ass. Tell me this story. Um. So, Seth wanted him in the movie, and years previously. Uh, family Guy had made fun of Liam Neeson for doing his own voice in like period piece and West Westerns of the past and whatnot and right. things like that. So he said, I will do it. But as per your show, I am only doing it in my voice. <laughs> You're going to have to deal with that. The character has to be built around that and made Steph laugh. And the fact that he knew about it and he's like done. And they, <laughs> that's why he went and shot the movie. That's great. It's great. It's uh, Liam going, yeah, if I, if I, you know, yeah. it's a great joke. I don't care. He's in might as joke. well. Yeah, yeah. Might yeah. as well enjoy it and have fun with it. <laughs> Why not? I'm sure it affected the price he asked for, too, to be in that movie. That's good. Uh, and he got, I mean, Seth got to date Charlie's Throne out of that movie. So shout I know, out to that's Seth. That's the best I part mean, of it. We got to get into writing and directing movies. If that, <laughs> that could be. But we're already taken, Matt. We can't do it. I think my wife would understand. If I'm fake pretending to be in, she's going to be on set for all those days. Give me pointers. You oh, should uh, you should kiss oh, her like boy. this. You know, tell, her come, <laughs> tell her come practice with me first. I'll, I'll, I'll show her how you like it. Hello. 
Well, if uh, Catherine, if you're listening, <laughs> I think she'll agree with me on that one. Charlize is a stunningly beautiful woman. That she is. Um, yeah. I remember uh, doing a wand pairing for her in the room, and she is just incredibly gorgeous in person. My God. Um. All right. So that was your seven. Is that correct? My seven. Correct. All right. And our, my, my seven as well. The Bumblebee. Yeah. Really great stuff. And uh, Haley Steinfeld, great, doing great work in Hawkeye. If you all are watching it. Um, and, uh, yeah, we we'll, we'll probably won't go back to that, but I think some of that will be in the new or transformers films. I think elements of it will be in there. Uh, for we'll sure. see. We'll see. All right. What's your six? Uh, my six is not going to be on your list, which is temple of doom. Yeah, no, it's not. on my list. Go ahead. Um, I, it's saw in the theater as a kid. I was so mm-hmm. excited to see it. Loved every second of it. It still has a nice, this this could be construed as a guilty pleasure. Okay, all right. I don't think it is. I don't think it quite qualifies. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Um, but I will defend it. I don't care how bad you say the movie is, or anyone, so or whatever the yeah. case is. Uh, I still love it. I still there are numerous parts in it uh, that I think are fantastic. Right. And uh, yeah, the actor. Do you see the actor uh, that plays short round in this? And yeah, we're not coming back in that new A twenty four. Yeah, the uh, everything everywhere all at once, the Michelle yeah. Yelp, which Yelp, looks yeah. wildly interesting. Oh yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. But I saw the trailer and I was like, "Wait a second, is that Data?" Yeah, and I looked. At, he hasn't acted in years. Yeah, I know. I wonder what brought him into this. Project. Yeah, of wow. all all things, because uh, yeah. it was like, oh, has he just been working on the periphery and I didn't know it? And somebody's doing the Tarantino thing of "You're awesome." Yeah, you should be in bigger projects. It's like, yeah. nope he he hasn't been doing much of anything acting yeah. wise. Um, and I assume it's by choice after all these years. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I temple of doom. I don't know. I, I love that. I think Lucas telling Steven, we can't do a follow-up to the original because then we have to make Nazis, the villains in every film. Right. Although I would argue the Nazis being the villains in the first and the third is a better foil for India overall. But I agree with that assessment of, it seems like the same exact movie. Yeah. Why don't we do something different? So they go back and uh, I didn't realize it was a year previous. Oh, yeah. In the yeah. Timeline. I knew yeah. it was before, but I didn't realize it was a year previous. Yeah. Uh, in the Indiana Jones timeline of his life type of thing. Yeah. I, I didn't know it was a prequel till recently, last few years. I didn't know it was a prequel at all until I didn't when I was a kid for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. And I, forgot it was until the wikipedia article and i was like oh yeah temple doom is a prequel yeah yeah thank god for the internet uh because i would have screwed that one up <laughs> although it didn't even make your list and i knew it wouldn't yeah true very true but there are some cheese ball parts in it for sure yeah, yeah. but i do like the the ridiculousness of the pulling the guy's heart out is so great it's so great all the people chanting and they're under some weird spell do I think it's you know partially potentially racist? Yes, with the monkey brain and all that. Yes, it's not. I potentially agree. Potentially racist. It is racist. Eh. Come on, racist seems hard, <laughs> harsh. You're only saying that because it's Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones. No, I, I would say uninformed. Okay, we didn't have history books in the 1980s. Is that what you're trying to tell me? And I think it's more so. 
you perhaps didn't think of how it reflected on another culture making this. Oh, I think insensitive is the better word. Insensitive. There you go. Insensitive. Right? Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Certainly insensitive to the culture, the Indian culture, the Indian people. And because it reduced that entire continent to stereotypes, you know, uh, and oh, we eat weird shit like monkey brains and we chant and we take hearts out of people and we do crazy and we make these weird noises. And there was no balance other than, you know, the sad, poor Indian people in the fa- in the uh, village. And of course, the white savior had to go get everything to save them. So I'm just All amazed. I, yeah, I'm just amazed at some of the, and, and I appreciate you saying that because there are some Indiana Jones fans that still say, oh, you're, you're making too much out of that. And I was like, no. And they're almost uh, always white. And it's like, no, that's actually what you're seeing here in this movie. And it's okay to say that you can still love the fucking movie, but you don't, but you, but don't be blind to what it's doing or yeah. what the insensitivity within it. I mean, I, I think on some level, it's the exotic nature of the location and whatnot. And it's foreign mm. to a Western audience, especially in the early eighties. Yeah, maybe. So to have these, you're also trying to set the stage for the Maharaja's little palace there, but yeah. maybe this is the only one that eats monkey brains and all this stuff. Cause they're also doing all this other weird shit. Yeah. Like but when they go to the up. village, we don't see them doing this in the village. Right. Exactly. But uh, yeah, yeah, the white savior thing. I, I agree. Yeah. It's just there. It is um, there, but yeah. you know, you're following yeah. a hero character. So can they never go to another country? Does it just automatically turn them into a white savior? I think it's more a matter of you can get them in the other country, but they have to have like an equal there to kind of guide them into the situation as a co-partner, a co-lead. I think that's important. You know what I'm saying? Like even in Last Crusade, it's Alison Duty, who's another white woman or white person rather, leading the other white people to this situation with the Grail. The Holy Grail is a little more because that's kind of people attached a certain Western ideas to that. So that's a different situation, but Temple of Doom is so distinctly about Indian culture, oh, yes. Indian religion, Indian artifacts that I think that's an important, and I mean, India as in the country, India. So it, it's important. So anyway, that's just my two cents, man. All right. Well, that's my six. <laughs> All right. So then my six is, I couldn't believe it's in the bottom five. I'm mad, but the Hobbit, an unexpected journey. You go right ahead. I knew you were going to have it. <laughs> I love The Hobbit. I really do enjoy the first movie. It's so much fun. I like My Hobbit's Grumpy. Uh, That's why I like Bilbo. I mean, I agree with you. I do like Martin Freeman's interpretation of it. Right? It's a good interpretation of Bilbo, man. I mean, use the restroom. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Frodo Frodo and Sam and uh, Mary and Pippin are nice. But I like I like uh, uh, Bilbo. I like his uh, more adult approach to the world, more cynical approach, more skeptical approach to the world. Uh, and his bantering with Gollum is great. Uh, and you combine that with him, like being, you know, kind of excited to jump into this journey. Whereas Elijah Wood plays Frodo so emotionally distraught about having to make this journey and so pained and weighted by everything. It just kind of frustrates me when I watch that. I like someone who's excited for the adventure, jumps into the adventure and then realizes that this adventure is much more than they bargained for, and it challenges them in ways that they never thought was uh, was possible or was on the cards. And so, to me, yeah, I enjoy all of that, and I really enjoy all the actors that are involved in this as the, as the uh, as the dwarves uh, in this as well. Um, was it? I know uh, Nesmith, James Nesmith, is uh, part of is one of the dwarves as well, and uh, Richard Armitage as Thorin. Um, Ian McKellen, of course, back as Gandalf, uh, Graham McTavish there. Ken, Ken Stott is one of those. So a who's who of really good, uh, 
character, British actors, occasional lead, certainly Ken Stodd, the lead of Rebus, all of these things. So to me, I enjoy having the nice mix of people. Plus you throw the elf stuff in um, and, and how that plays into all of this. So to me, just really enjoy it with Hugo Weaving and Kate Blanchett coming back. You've got Andy Sir, sorry, Christopher Lee as, as uh, Saruman. So there's a lot to enjoy here. And of course, Barry Humphreys, who a lot of people remember, um, I won a, uh, or, or I didn't win, but I came close to winning the uh, champion versus champion versus champion match there uh, with the Barry Humphreys and the Goblin thing, which just kind of popped into my head. So, uh, but yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. And I think people vilify this movie too much, even though it's rated pretty highly on the, uh, imdb.com it's i think seven you point, can't trust imdb i think 7.8 something like that is that right 7.8 yeah 7.8 yeah what is it on metacritic and rotten tomatoes oh my god so you want to trust rotten tomatoes i have once I it like, came out like years ago that imdb got busted because production companies were going logging on and having their employees artificially inflate or deflate movies i don't know anything about that uh yeah, you damn well do <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes is sixty four percent. Metacritic is fifty eight percent. So that sounds about right. Okay. I think fifty eight is closer to to my estimation of it. I just think people got upset about it, and it was a group think, and they influenced other people. So I, I think if they condense that down into m- at least two movies, yeah, it's infinitely better. Okay, I, I and if they made it one thing. three hour movie, I think that's the best place it should be. That's fair. Right, look, I I get the Eagles thing, so. I get it. People upset about it. It's just like the drawn out uh, love stories. I don't give two shits about. Right. It takes forever to get anywhere on that first movie. As much you as kidding? you hate that about fellowship. I do. The stupid right. dishes scene where they're all whipping them around, singing a song together. It's like, I don't need this in my life. I don't. But I like that song that they sing. The more good darker song. song. The darker song is great. Yeah. On Misty that. Mountain or whatever. Yeah, on Misty Mountain. Yeah. Ooh, so good. Um, all right. So uh, let's take a quick break here, Matt. That's our bottom fives separately. We're going to jump into our top fives, leading with Matt Nost here uh, right after the break. All right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, continuing to listen here to this episode of the Top Ten. We're counting down the Top Ten prequel movies. Matt Nost kicks us off here in the Top Five. What's your uh, five, my man? Is the punt from earlier, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, when Caesar says no, oh man, do, a- literal hairs on the back of my neck stood up in the theater. It still yeah. has somewhat of an effect. Obviously, it's never going to have what it has in the first one, right? But that guttural bellowing, no, you're like, oh my god, this ape can talk, <laughs> and like, legitimately, it doesn't look ridiculous. It yeah. felt earned as it's you know developing and. I love the sage orangutan. Yes. It kind of knows Bruce. yeah, the evil in in of human kind. Mm-hmm. But the slow build there, the back and forth with him and Franco, it's my favorite of those eight films. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um I know everybody likes the conclusion. Yeah. I want I guess I wanted a different ending. I walked out of that completely unsatisfied. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm in the distinct minority when it comes to that one. Most people think it was beautiful and amazing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I wanted something else. Whereas this one, basically it took a series that I could give two shits about in the planet of the apes. Yeah. It opened up an entire new world of storytelling to me. Um, and it was really predicated upon 
what they're able to do between Circus's stop motion with Caesar mm-hmm. and uh, Franco. Yeah. And the dynamic, the back and forth as they grow and develop. And then after they have to basically be separated, just yeah. I need to mature, go off and do my own thing because I am not part of your world. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just that back and forth. I mean, you felt it. Yeah. And then what's Frida Pinto and John Lithgow? Are those yeah, the Frida other Pinto two? and John Lithgow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, Lithgow has the Alzheimer's. And uh, David Ayelowo. Who is the? Um, oh yeah, okay. He's, he's the why. He's the guy like investigating them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, what's his name from Harry Potter? Rupert Grint. It's Ron not, Weasley. No, 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 it's not Ron Weasley. Oh. It's uh, um, is it um, Snape's Draco? son? Yeah, Draco Malfoy. Oh, okay. So Tom, God, what's his name? No clue. His name is. Uh, Tom something. I forget what his name. Tom Felton. I think it's Tom Felton. Tom, that sounds right. Felton sounds right. Tom Felton. Um, dude, your universal pension is riding on this. You better. Uh, get this <laughs> I remember those days. Uh, where is he? Are Damn you it. watching that Wizarding Cup with whatever with Harry Potter? Oh, the Wizarding Cup. What do you mean? What is that? The you haven't seen Cup? the previews for that? No, I've seen the reunion previews ah, for no, the Harry no, no, Potter no. thing. This is, is a Harry thing? Potter trivia show hosted by Helen Mirren. What? That puts pits all the houses against one another, and they're playing for the overall championship of which house knows the best trivia of Harry Potter. Now, wait, about the movies or about the books? I don't know. I've just seen Ooh. the trailer. I do not know. Dude. It's on TBS or TNT or something like that? I would love to play in that as long as I could study for a Yeah, I'm time. pretty sure you get it. I love it. You just retired. This is honestly all right, Sugar Ray. So now you want unretire to go and fight in the Harry Potter for a, a, a for a higher profile show? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Are you kidding? Absolutely. In a minute, um, I mean, if there's someone out there who is starting a movie trivia competition and show and wants to pay me my rate, I'm always open for the challenge. Well, you can't um, be the outlaw over there. So what are you? I own the name. We made I, that deal very clear before before any skybound or anybody got involved. I, I'm not Christian saying that. Clear. Oh, but there are no cowboy hats in Harry Potter, <laughs> so you might want to rebrand. Is what I'm saying. Fair enough. There might Fair be. Enough. I don't know. They're now in the 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 Fantastic Beasts. They come to America. There's American. Yeah. There might so be there American could be cowboy, cowboy but much like uh, Golden Circle for Kingsman. Not sure I like the inclusion of the Americans in something that seems very British to me. I want to get your thoughts next time we talk if you go see The King's Man. I want to hear your thoughts as a historian. Uh, I will history. be seeing that. I, yeah. uh, probably maybe uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, one of the two. Okay. Just right. depends on how, once with this Omicron thing, if like I'm waiting now to see Spidey until it's dead, which sucks. Really? I have to. I'm not going to go okay. sit in a theater of 500 people when yeah, they're not going to enforce mask mandates. You're right. Sucks, right. but I'm just not going to do it. It's a fair point, dude. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's I'm kind of spoiled by going to these screenings because there's only like 12, 15, yeah. 20 people tops, and everyone sits away from each other, which I think is brilliant. So yeah. I don't. I I, I wish you. I was friends with Holland like I am Keanu, and he could just bring me his <laughs> you know, projector copy, but I'm not. <laughs> not yet, at least. Zendaya and I are close, but Tom's got the access to. Uh, <laughs> the early screeners. Um, 
But yeah, it's it sucks. But there's no, I'm not. It's just yeah, not worth you. it. It's not worth it to me. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. And yes, I have my vaccine. I still need to get my booster though. I, I got my booster, man. Before we did the expo, I made sure to get my booster because I because. Yeah. And when we find out that two people tested positive for COVID nineteen at the expo. Oh really? So I Unsurprised. Yeah, Unsurprised. I was the only person wearing my mask. Yeah, consistently. Well, we talked about that. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. a little worried. It was shocking to me. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Well, you, like you said, they had to, to provide yes. their immunization cards or I'm sure a negative test. Yeah. They yeah, don't have yeah. those, but yeah. uh, still, yeah. still. It was madness in there, too. Um, all right. So then my number five is uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, which is the punt. Is that still a punt or is it higher up? Uh, that is now my number four. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I love this movie. Didn't I like first class? Just kind of bored me. But Days of Future Past was fun and interesting. And yes, we go back in time. Um, Hugh Jackman doing his thing as Wolverine going back in time, trying to make this all happen, confronting uh, both uh, Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy as Professor X and and Magneto. uh, Sent there by the older guys. I'd love to see, loved seeing Ian McShane and Patrick Stewart Mm -hmm. as older warriors just sitting there go, man, we, we did a lot of stupid shit. When we were younger, go back in time and kind of repair this thing. So we don't have this situation that's happening in the future come for us uh, because of what we did. So Hugh Jackman has to go back there and try to convince them all to do this stuff. And it's great. And uh, you know, I think, Jen- I think it's the last time Jennifer Lawrence really cared about playing mystique um, and uh, seeing everything he goes through to try to make this happen with Peter Dinklage as play- uh, playing a uh, Bolivar or Tra- Trask, sorry, Bolivar Trask. And what he's able to do, that the president, Nixon is the president, I think it was. All yeah, he was. Just kind of worked so well um, and leading to that fantastic finale where they take RFK. RFK, Stadium. dude, that <laughs> was the best part. What a great, that's why Magneto is amazing. Yeah. You can do these huge set pieces uh, like that and to set it around and create an instant barrier. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Kind of um, with the the slow-mo line. sequence. Oh, yeah. With Quicksilver. Oh yes, just gorgeous. Yeah, Um, time in a bottle, so good. And then to pair up Jackman and the younger counterparts of uh, parts rather of of uh, Xavier and Magneto after the last time they tried to team up with them, and he told them to fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. it's just you know, it's a nice bridge between the old and the new. Oh, totally. And uh, it's a good way to get Wolverine into. Mm-hmm. A modern X Men film, uh, the Hugh Jackman, at least, rather. Yeah, um, I'd be curious if he is actually, in fact, done with Wolverine. He says he is, but in a couple of years, if a few of his movies haven't done well, oh, I it's a much easier not, sell. I think he's not struggling for money, bro. I think no, but for the acclaim for being an A lister, you need mm. to have movies that do well, or you need to be nominated for Oscars. I Those are the so. two ways to stay an A-lister. But he's like doing Broadway now, man. I mean, he's, I think he's, and, and you know, I think he's fine. I agree. But I hear what you're saying. Maybe there's a story that comes along. Exactly. I mean, we saw Logan, which was a version of Old Man Logan, but it wasn't actually Old Man Logan. If they, as as much as they are kind of expanding what they can do in the superhero genre or comic book genre of movies, there may be a moment where they expand out so far that old man Logan becomes a possibility. Um, we'll see. That could be interesting because there are only, you know, two or three things that are connected to old man Logan that are in Logan 
So you could do a whole other thing and still have elements of that within it. So it could be fun, you know? Yeah. I, aren't there already rumors that uh, RDJ is potentially? Oh, yeah. There are always going to be rumors. Chris Evans, same thing. There are always going to be rumors till they come back. Exactly. Or don't yeah. officially. And once they've recast. Yeah. Right. Um, but until those days happen, <laughs> or unless the recasting goes so horribly and nobody cares for it. Yeah. Like, I think they could, they, they more than likely have designs on eventually one day redoing Solo. Oh, sure. Sure. Because the first one just uh, blockbuster-wise was lackluster at the box office. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, but yeah, Days of Future Past is fantastic. Yep. So that's your five, my four. Right. Well, so, so what is your four? Four is Casino Royale, with James Bond. That is my number three. There we go. So now, now we're starting to cross over now. Now we're, now we're vibing here. Yeah, great stuff, right? Go ahead, man. It's your, it's your higher ranking. Please, you take the lead on this. Um, It's basically like, you know, it is a prequel, and it's also a hard reset. Yeah. And they had taken the Roger Moore kind of silliness into the Pierce Brosnan with gadgets and the hyperbolic villains and everything over the top. And they don't, I don't even think they acknowledge the Timothy Dalton, you know what I mean? And the, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the vibe of what they're going for, for bond. And yeah. instead we're going to go, eh, try and make bond a more relatable, understandable and real person. Yeah. As opposed to this over the top character, which we've been doing for decades now. Mm -hmm. Um, struck a chord with all of us. I think yeah, we've yeah. gotten so accustomed to like the anti-hero and this real gritty take on the world. Mm -hmm. And for someone like Bond, who really is just trying to basically bankrupt Le Chief, yeah. so that he's screwed. So he'll flip. It's not even like a big, huge dastardly plan that I have to overtake. Yeah. It's, it's a much more rudimentary kind of stepping stone because he doesn't have his full, he doesn't have his full license to kill, does he? Or just got it? Yeah, he just gets it. He, get, he just yeah. got it at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but I mean, he still has training wheels on a yep. little bit. Yeah. Um. So that to ground the character like that and kind of draw him back instead of being this, you know, super spy with panache and style. It's like right. he's still kind of figuring this out. I, I thought it was a really interesting way to reintroduce the character to a new generation. Also bring in an actor and try and create a new identity and legacy for the character yeah yeah agreed man agreed and and bringing in vesper lynn bringing in eva mm -hmm. green and giving him a love story to play out that would haunt him even into the most recent bond film was kind of incredible like you know it was something they'd never done with the bond films and to have that play out the way it did i thought was really well done the action sequences were so stellar the stuff on the crane and all of that like it was an incredible action sequence from the beginning uh, incorporating the parkour stuff uh throwing in jeffrey wright as well and what his uh, role is to play here throughout this particular bond and then seeing the ferocity of this bond matt is just great to watch as he navigates this situation and you find out that mads mickelson i mean that ball scene good god almighty man brutal dude i mean shout out to daniel craig for being in such incredible shape naked but the idea of my boy whipping fucking rope at the bottom of your balls good just nice wow underneath the chair oh. and you start thinking about it, as soon as it hits the side of the chair it gains even more angular momentum it just oh. whips up even harder like oh my god i can't imagine how mind-numbing that pain is like you are literally seeing stars yeah 
I think Craig acted that sequence so fucking well. He just starts oh. laughing from the pain because he's he's going insane from the yeah, pain. Yeah, you can't process it any other way. It seemed like a legitimate way to do it. Um, <laughs> oh, so good. So good, that movie. Um, but uh, there are just elements of it that are... It's not my favorite because Skyfall is my favorite, but because there are just a couple elements in the movie that I think don't 100% work. But overall, man, stellar way to reintroduce the James, reintroduce the James Bond character in a completely new uh, and uh, uh, appealing way for the generation that was watching. Uh, all right. Where are we at uh, now? Because I did my three? five, my four. Oh, yeah, my three, mm-hmm. which is Rogue One. That is a punt. Wow. Wow. All right. I'm curious yeah. now. So now we're up to what? Your two? Well, if you have... Okay, never mind. Um, Where are you at right now? Uh, my deuce. Yes. Which is the good, the bad, and the ugly. That is my deuce. Absolutely. So yeah, I don't know if I count your one as a prequel. Oh, we, oh, well, we, we can battle over it. Um, yeah, I saw Does it, it made everybody else's list. Does it happen in the past? Does it lay the groundwork for everything that's coming in the future? It's a fucking prequel. Is it a third of the movie? And when you think of that movie, you think now of everything just, else until you get to that? It's just like, now you're just doing this. Um, no. So you can you can no. do that. You can do that. All these other movies are set distinctly, entirely, as a prequel. Not Days of Future Past. It's not entirely set. It wasn't on my original list. Mm. Well, you allowed it. By allowing it, as we've seen in Law & Order... You opened the door by allowing it this does not set in. a precedent because they don't time travel in your number one. They don't. It's flashbacks, which does not count. That's a prequel. As a prequel. A flashback no, flashbacks are like sequences. And it's not flashbacks from a character. It's a story flashback, not a character flashback. I hear what you're saying with flashbacks, but that's a character-connected thing. I would not have counted that. But the fact that it's the filmmaker doing the first 20 things about that that film, you're telling me you don't think of as the current storyline? No. The first 20 minutes of the movie are the past. I, I realize. No, I'm saying the first 20 things. Yeah, but I'm you saying you the first 20 minutes. The other the other individual that's set in a more tropical climate that are he you, has to deal with. You, the betrayal that he has to deal with. I don't think we're thinking about the same thing, then. Okay. Maybe right. we're not. But yeah. the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Number two. Is number two. Yes. Um, what the only fun. reason my number one, which we need to, is the very first thing I thought of. And I was like, well, oh. for a prequel. Prequels, as soon as you say prequel, I think of Star Wars. Yeah, I love it. I love it, to be honest. But then, yeah, we'll get to Star yeah, Wars. we'll get to that one in a second. But the good, the, the bad, reason, the ugly. Yeah, the only reason that Rogue One is number one, because these two are just, the two I have are classics at one and two. So. Um, yeah. Fully right. understandable. Yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Absolutely. Uh, dude, I had no idea that was a prequel until years later. Um, yeah, had no clue for the longest time. Yeah, right. The it wasn't longest until I watched time. the remastered one. There was like a little documentary, and they said it was a prequel. I'm like, what? Because it came yeah, out I, third. So weird for it to be a prequel. Someone told me. Oh, really? I didn't even discover it on my own. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's a prequel. And I was like, you get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, and then you could look it up online. And you're like, oh, so, okay, the timeline of this. and uh, Interesting. Yeah. All right. And then it helps kind of frame perspective on the others as well yeah although it's weird to look at because he's so much older yes right um yeah but that being said because that it's easy to time stamp it because of the american civil war right Right, that's taking place yeah yeah. so 
definitively go, boom, this is happening at this time very specifically. Yeah. Um, Oof, that scene. That scene in the camp. Oof, that's a rough scene. That is a rough scene. Right. I've seen people argue that you could take it out. Um, Yeah. That shows you the evilness of Lee Van Cleef. It's so essential to the movie. Yeah, I I think my favorite scene might be when... uh, What's his name? I'm blanking on it, but his brother's the priest. Yeah, Eli Wallach. Yeah, Eli Wallach, and he's yeah. just telling him like, "You're not, you're not better than me." Yeah, you're not better than me. That's it. Could be my favorite scene in all of that. Um, God, as far as character it. back and forth, and you get the development of the individual. Just that of like, because you think of him as a, just a despicable person, and then right. this altruistic, all oh, his brother walks on water and be like, "You're down in the muck on some yeah. level, just as much as I am." Right. Um. But obviously that closing is chef's Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. But yeah, you're right, Matt. I mean, every once in a while you watch a movie and the movie turns conventions on its head. And certainly that scene, and this is what, 68, I think? That scene turns the convention of, oh, if you go into being a priest, you're automatically better than everybody else. Yeah. This is him calling him out saying, you ran away to become a priest because you couldn't handle our, yeah, the dealing life with our parents. You know, parents. I had to deal with it. I sat there. So you can go off and try to be everyone's shepherd, but the actual people you could have helped from your supposedly magnanimous point of view yep. in the world, you didn't. You left them because you were ashamed of them and you wanted to run as far away as possible to have some other kind of important life. Well, I stayed home. and So you don't get to judge me. You little yeah. shit. I did what I had to do. Exactly. To Wearing priest robes don't uh, absolve you from what you fucking did. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Are you a better person? Yeah, but it's not like the it's such a dramatic shift between the two of us. Right. In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Because the church can also steal from people um, when they're run by corrupt people, for sure. And this other thing that happened in the the uh, the conversation between um, the guest who's coming to dinner was Sidney Poitier talks to his father and his father says, you owe me this, you owe me that. And, and Poitier says, I don't owe you a goddamn thing. I didn't ask to be born. You had me. You owe yeah. me. You owe me a living. You owe me a life. You owe me this. You owe me food on my table. You owed me that because you brought me into this world. I remember watching that scene for the first time and I was like, oh my Christ, I've never thought of it that way. So brilliant. And so it was love that the 60s and the and 70s were like turning a lot of these normal points of views or conventions on their heads with these in, with these interactions. So, yeah, it's a great thing for you to bring up that scene, Matt. Um, all right. So yeah. that's two. Yeah. So, so my one is Rogue One. Okay. Because what I said before, as soon as you say prequels, yeah, yeah. I instantly think Star Wars. And I'm like, well... I wrote down Phantom Menace as per like the I'm not going to go back for Sith because the other right, right predates that. So Phantom would qualify in my estimation. Yeah. And that ain't going to cut it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Rogue One is a prequel to totally all of it. Mm-hmm. And you and I both enjoy the ever living hell out of that movie. It's true. It's very true. Um, I love that movie. I mean, I love it so much that the Hammerhead Corvette is exactly what it is. And I couldn't have been more excited <laughs> <laughs> that it was so on the nose in the theater. It's like, it is what it is. And you just fucking went for it. And I love yeah. everything about it. Yeah. I think we just celebrated the fifth five year anniversary of it being really, or I, mean, I think it was released five years ago. Um, well, that sounds about 16 right, ish. Yeah. 
Yeah, five I mean, years ago. Yeah, one day ago. Five years ago. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, the Darth Vader at the end. Oh, is, Lord. Yeah. It's so amazing. So amazing. Just yeah. pitch black fogginess, and all of a sudden, there's and there's a red lightsaber. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, dear God, here comes death. <laughs> and all the guys, he's just walking through and just... One after another, efficiently picking off all these people, and they're as doors are closing, they're handing the thing, the the little memory card or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one guy that's trying to hand through, and he's like, "Run!" And he just the Death boom. Star plans. Yeah, yeah. By just the lightsaber goes right through him. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so good. Well, everything. I mean, from the opening shot, you know, with Orson Krennic landing on the planet to go get uh -huh. to go get Mads Mikkelsen and uh, Galen Erso and his wife, and uh, what happens to them, and then kind of um, just Death Troopers that are all in black were pretty unsettling. And then we get into the whole story here, and we see uh, uh, Jin Erso as she's older and, and what she's navigating, and then bringing in um, gave, uh, 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 God, I forget, Diego Luna. Bringing in Diego Luna and have him all that he's all that he's going through, and then boom, Forrest Whitaker, and then Riz Ahmed, and then uh, you know, um Baze Malbus and Shimmer Imwe, what they what their connections are, all of that, just the crew coming together, just brilliant stuff. And then the decision to, to what they did at the end of the movie. I just I was what you had to do, away. you knew going into it, this is what's going to happen. Right, right. But you but you're like, will they do it? Will they do it? And when they did, you're like, wow. Just absolutely wow, man. Well, especially because in the other ones that came out yeah. around that time, like lightsabers never kill anybody. Right, 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 right. Except for and stuff like that. Nobody. It's just like no one ever dies, or if they yeah. do, it's completely off screen. You don't see any of it. Yeah. And you, there's no impact of that stuff. Right. Um, it's just a point A to point. Now, you can tell that they had, in the midst of all that, there were other things that they cut out when they went back for reshoots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all right, of just, course. Yeah, because yeah. the Saw Guerrero storyline is not really that fleshed out, right? right and you right. could probably subtract him on some level and just put something else in. It really makes not a whole lot of impact on the film, so you could tell that it had a slightly different, yeah, uh, uh, hue to it originally. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But I, I still think it's a fantastic product at the end of the day. So yeah, me too. Um, so then my number one is The Godfather Part Two. Yeah, it's the. What jungle are you talking about? In the, the down in, I said uh, tropical, so down in Cuba and all that oh, stuff. Oh, in Cuba. Right. Yeah, I think of Meyer Lansky, the Meyer Lansky character in this, uh, mm -hmm. dealing with him, the betrayal of uh, Fredo. Right, right. Uh, I think of all that stuff first, and then I think of De Niro. Vito. Yeah. Then you think of De Niro? I've, I've focused Ooh. on all the Michael stuff first because that's wow. the intrigue of what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. As opposed mm -hmm. to the precursor too, and the fact that I think of all that stuff first, and a, that's like two thirds yeah. of the movie, him in Italy, and then all that stuff. Whereas a third of it is Corle Vito Corleone as a young man. Not even a third. I, I just don't view it as a prequel. I gotta look this up because I, I gotta counter you here a little bit. What are you looking up? How much Vito How is in? How much of the film is in the past? I don't, I don't know if we can find that. I don't yeah, really know I, how to put that in the Google. You would think someone would have tabulated that at some point. Yeah. 
I'm looking it up as well. Godfather Part 2, Spin in the Past. Is it right, safe? So I'll tell you this much right now. <laughs> yes. 46, what's the runtime? I think it's two hours and something. Uh, looking it up. Runtime is details. 200 minutes. Yeah, it's three hours and 22 minutes hours is the runtime. Right, right, right. De Niro is in the film for 46 minutes. De Niro? But he's not in De every Niro. one of the past film, the past stuff. Because the stuff, the opening stuff, it's not De Niro. The opening 10, 15 minutes of the movie is not De Niro. That's the kid. Okay. And, and Corleone and the old Don... Well, okay, that I can't. I don't. I don't know if your estimation of fifteen minutes, but even even if that is the case, I'll give you the fifteen. So that takes you to an hour. An hour. So that is that is less than a third of the movie. We're talking about like twenty eight percent of the movie. Wait, wait, wait. It's a hundred. It's a hundred minutes. Or two hundred minutes. So three hours and twenty two minutes. Three that's hours and twenty. Unedited version. The, the original. I, that's what I have on IMDb. Two hours and forty minutes. That's what I have on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, Okay. Where do you Wikipedia, see that? Wikipedia has it at 200 minutes. That's two hours and 40 minutes. Or, well, no, wait. Oh, no, you're right. Three hours and 20 minutes, right? Because three times 60, 180. Yeah. Okay. Three hours and 20 minutes. Three hours yeah. and 20. Fair so, enough. best case scenario for you is about 25% of the film. Not is set for in me. The past. Look it up at any prequel list from any of the outlets. Yes. They all and I agree the- that they're all wrong. And some of them. <laughs> Some you, of them think, have a, you think you're right and they're all wrong. That's what you Because think. if you go and read the blurbs they put, they're like almost all of them go, now if you want to take issue with this not being a prequel, I understand. And you're like, sure, you can take issue it. with it. I understand that. Yeah. So they're setting a qualifier before every other one, they're like, it's set in the past here. Mm. It's done before. Here's the timestamp. Just like good, the bad, the ugly. You got the Civil War to timestamp it that it happens before the other ones. And this one's That's like, true. well, you know, like 18% of this film happens mm. in the past, setting up a character uh, and the rest of it, the vast majority of the film is set in the, the present day of that film's you know timeline. That's, That's totally fine. I just... But I, But what you're seeing in the timeline doesn't exist without what you're seeing in the in the past and the past isn't there just to only facilitate it's there to show you the difference between uh, Vito and Michael and how they ran their family and how they run their empire True. It's there to essentially judge the future judge Michael through the prism of the past that's why it's essential that's why I think it's a prequel because and it is a prequel because it, it it's not just laying the groundwork for what you're seeing now. It's also commentating. It's also an essential part of the overall message of the movie that Michael is a corrupt Don from the inside out. And to compare to Vito and why it was so, but even Michael says in the film, in the present, in the future, rather the film, when he's there, he's like to his mom, why was he so beloved? Why am I so hated? So it's essential. It's not just, oh, here's some facts about the past. This is a, this is a, um, and again, essential part of the movie and you cannot remove it uh, cause then you lose the whole point of the movie. So that makes it essential to be in. The movie. I, I think, I think you could remove it and still have a successful. No, film. no, yes, you could. I don't think you could at I all. I think there would still be the intrigue of what's happening to Michael now and the family and 
the double cross with the Fredo oh, sure, and sure. If you if you want a more vapid film, sure, more shallow film. I mean, but, according to you, but your definition and understanding opinion. of the world right now is pretty fluid as to how it suits your your needs in the moment. I'm not standing out on a limb. We're all in have, the tree, and you're listen, all the way out there. Let us know in the comments oh, or on go. Twitter. Here I want to hear. Sure. sure. Does this count? As a yeah. certified prequel, or yeah. is it a fluid definition of what a prequel yeah. actually is? Is everyone else wrong and Matt Nost is right? Let us know. I, I'm curious. And by everyone else, what, the three other websites you looked at? Uh, the pretty established websites that I looked at, including Ranker, Collider, Screen Rant, a bunch of places that are consistently – Oh sure. Uh, consistent now you're willing to take Collider's me. word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> that, that is. It was not written by anybody I don't like over there, so I can take their words. So. Uh, <laughs> you go look it up, and it's John says dot net and uh, yeah, right. <laughs> the outlaw has spoken dot org. It's like mm, these seem skewed. Mm, <laughs> seems a bit uh... one sided. As an argument. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I knew you were going to. I assumed yeah. that there was a good chance you were going to have it. Of course. And I knew that everybody else, and I just don't agree with that assessment. I, also, the novelty of being a sequel and a prequel at the same time makes it incredible and stand out. Well, that's fine. If you want to do a list of novelty sequel prequels, that's my one. number one as well. I think it's only one. I think it's only one. Well, you never uh, know. Anyway, let's put this list together. I'm going to grab the bongos, man. All right. So he's grabbing the bongos. And I believe he had Rogue One at three. Sorry about so that. So you had Rogue One at three? Yeah, three. So I guess it goes Rogue One, then Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That works for me. Then what? Casino Royale? Yeah, that's my four. Three now. And days of future past. Yeah. I think we both have Bumblebee, but it's in the bottom half, right? Mine's seven. Yeah, mine's seven now as well. And then Rise of the Planet of the Apes is oh, five right. and what? Eight. Eight. Five, eight. All right. Do you want to do Godfather 2 with the number five spot? Yeah, sure. All right. So we'll do that. Then we'll do Rise of the Planet of the Apes and then mm -hmm. Bumblebee. Okay. And then I would say Monsters. University. University. Okay. And we okay. have two spots left. Wow. Uh, I have the Hobbit at six. I have Temple of Doom at six. Oh, here we go. All right. I've got a racist film or a film that evokes powerful feelings of love. <laughs> or a boring film that is based on a pamphlet that should have been a 90 minute. A movie. pamphlet. Compared to his other uh, uh, books, a pamphlet. Oh, wow. uh, I've got the Batman Superman coins. Okay, so go ahead, brother. Man. Old Bats takes it, baby. So of Temple of Doom. Does. Of course he does. He won like the last three. So Horrific. why don't you just. <laughs> Not with that coin I haven't. I've never won with that coin. Uh, let us know in the comments also if John's ever won with that coin. Because I think that's another one where you're going to get called on. Oh, I'd love to see people call Godfather not a prequel. Um, all right. Are we ready? Let's do yep. this. Oh, sorry. 
Uh, the top 10 prequel movies, yeah. At number 10, The Hobbit. At number 9, Temple of Doom. At number 8, Monsters University. At number 7, Bumblebee. At number 6, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. At number 5, The Godfather Part 2. At number 4, X-Men Days of Future Past. At number 3, Casino Royale. At number 2, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And our number one prequel movie is... Is Rogue One. Rogue One. I love that warning sound in the movie. Have you come to betray me? Uh, Good stuff. Thank you, everyone, for watching or listening to this episode of the Top Ten. We appreciate Madly. I hope you get out there and watch Matrix Resurrections, either on HBO Max or in theaters. Let us know what you thought about that and what you thought of this show and our lists. And, of course, as Matt has encouraged you to do, Leave your comments about whether Godfather Part 2 is a prequel or not. Please and don't do. let your love of Matt Nose bias oh. your opinion. Be objective. I Be think objective they will. objective in your opinion. So, uh, I'm not the one who has his own channel with even more subscribers. You than... have your own channel. <laughs> well, I'm saying I don't have a branded one where I'm doing all those shows. I think you have uh, proven that you have a large, loyal fan base. Oh, well, so, fair. They also like to go. Don't bring your acting school cult like nonsense into this. <laughs> Let's keep this above the board. Um, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, please let us know. It's uh, on Twitter. You can do either at top 10 show or you can do our personals at Matt Nost or at the Roca says. Mm-hmm. Let us know. I'd love to hear it. Or in the comments here on YouTube.com forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. You, that's also the same for Instagram, which is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. So please hit us up and uh, check out my other show, settle the score. And uh, I guess dropping dimes for NBA action. If the NBA is still continuing by the time you hear this, we That's don't right. know. That's a good point. Uh, and of course with me over me, I've got my uh, channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says, which Matt has been promoting throughout this episode is yep. there available. Go and see all the multiple shows I'm doing there as well. And my other podcast, the cinephiles and the geek buddies, that are out there for you to enjoy. And if you're on Twitch, the Outlaw Nation, all one word, doing John and Wendy show on Fridays there at 3 p.m. PT. So, all right, take care of yourselves. Be well, and uh, we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10. Peace. Ooh.